0: This is Beckett Millhaven just saying, now, what are we saying? Well, let's find out. I'm Tom Becker.
1: I'm McGraw-Millhaven, and welcome to the show, my friends.
0: So, um, how's your week been? What have you been up to?
1: Uh, What has my uh, week been up to? I've been lamenting the fact that the Mets can't win a game. My Cardinals are back, only six and a half back in the Central. Went to the game last night.
0: Um now did you take your daughter yet no because you I just have not no she, shes when do you two take emerson when do you take your your daughter to a, her first baseball game
1: she's two and a half now um I don't think she would remember her first game uh i I'm thinking maybe five or six maybe even seven I want her to really 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 remember it because I went to the game last night with somebody mm-hmm. and I was talking about the very first time I went to a game. And this friend of mine turns to me and says, I don't remember the first time I was at a game. And it, it broke my heart that they didn't remember the first time going to a game.
0: Uh, that's one of my father's childhood memories. The first time yeah. I went. Yeah. I and
1: and, 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 and I, don't, I don't know if we're lying to ourselves because my 4K 75-inch TV is better color than the actual color of the grass when I'm there at Bush stadium. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the 14 inch Trinitron TV just didn't, you know, when you saw it green, it just, it, it just didn't compare. Now the TV's better than the actual reality.
0: But here's the thing with your friend that said, she doesn't remember uh, her first baseball game. Maybe it wasn't that important in the first place. So therefore it was something that you, that you don't pay any attention to guys like you and me, Going to that first baseball game was very, very, very important. So if you instill early on with Emerson the importance of this and how it will be a, you know, a father-daughter moment, well, then you know she may remember that.
1: Well, I think she'll be able to go after she finishes completing 100 swings from the left side of the plate and the right side of the plate every day for the next three years.
0: Oh God, you're one of those fathers.
1: So, so you know there's a friend of ours, my buddy Jimbo, who happens to be Emerson's godfather. Yeah. He was telling me a story. Now, he and I grew up Met fans together, Mm -hmm. and he was telling me a story. His first baseball game was at Yankee Stadium. And he's walking through the gate and a foul ball comes ricocheting through the gate as he and his father are walking in. Now they don't get it. Right. But he was like, I remember it vividly because it almost hit me in the head. And in, so he was, I don't know, six when, when that happened. Now he's 56. So 50 years later, we're walking into a ballpark and he says, you know, that's the closest I've ever been to a foul ball. I said, so wait a minute. So the first second you walk into a stadium, it almost hits you in the head. And you haven't been close since? He goes, no. Third inning, I catch a foul ball <laughs> sitting right next to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never caught a foul ball. Although, you remember the old Rosenblatt Stadium? Old Rosenblatt Stadium where uh, you could be in the press box. If they foul-tipped one off, it would just, like, land there behind the press box. And you could, like, just go and pick one up. Which doesn't quite count the same. But, you know, hey, you, you know, baseball's a baseball.
1: Well, when you use your press pass to get a baseball, yeah, yeah, got, sure. gotta love
0: anyway, it. Anyway, so uh, your buddy Rudy Giuliani's in a bit of a hot water, huh?
1: Boy, how about this story? I got home from the game last night, and I turned on the news, and this was everywhere. This story is bonkers. Now, I, 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 I the lawsuit came out. This woman alleges the most insane allegations the world has ever heard of Mm -hmm. i mean bonkers but before we get to that can we talk about this woman for a second because um and i know everybody says you know women lie but and the truth is in my lifetime the overwhelming majority of men lie right (laughs) and very few women lie Mm -hmm. it seems like the overwhelming majority of the men lie about right no, it never happened. it turns out it happened, and the ma- very few women ever say something happened when it didn't happen but
0: I don't but, have a consensus on that, but I'll go with the, your your hypothesis yeah, an-
1: anecdotally right we could just yeah. but this woman apparently tried to sue her ex-husband, and he's alleging none of this happened so uh, who knows she says she has audio, but her this sim this similar situation. She made these similar allegations, not all of them, but similar allegations about her husband,
0: I, I do I read, I read the article and I uh, I agree with you. It's like you know, I don't know. Maybe she's. It doesn't seem to doesn't seem to quite gel. Doesn't seem to quite you know pass the smell test. But then I remembered Rudy Giuliani in the Borat movie. <laughs> you remember that, right? <laughs> but he's on the bed loosening his belt and all that, right? I mean, So I remember, I remember that. And therefore it's like, you know what? Uh, she may, she may be right. She may have a point.
1: Well, look, he's been divorced three times. Each woman has ran out screaming. I think he's cheated on the first wife with the second wife and the second wife with the third wife. So they, they've all run out screaming. One of his wives kicked him out of like the, the mayor's mansion. So the, the ex-wife was living in the mayor's mansion while he was living in an apartment above a bodega because <laughs> his wife kicked him out of the mayor's house. So, I mean, it, it's been a rocky road for one Rudy Giuliani.
0: Well, that's um, and Donald Trump get along so well. They, you know, well, but but she says, she, she, says
1: she has audio yeah. of all of these things. And I, I know we're sort of talking in code somewhat, but the allegations are that he forced her into some circumstances while he was on the phone and he, she was forced to perform certain sort of acts towards him while he was on the phone. And I, 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 I know I'm going to be called a sexist and a pig and probably ruin my career, but I, don't, I find it hard to believe that she couldn't say no and, and run out screaming. I, I, don't, I don't get the, I, don't, I know some women can't, but I don't understand why this woman couldn't
0: um yeah i don't know either and i you know like i said that'll be for the courts to decide and every and everything there but um uh yeah i mean it it is it's like i said i i'm not sure i necessarily believe her except for the borat movie when it saw rudy and it's like yeah you know i I,
1: I will i will also say i will also say this right now i i I, my 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 opinion can change on a dime at any moment but if you know just this a simple story that just came out, uh, I'm on Giuliani's side until further notice.
0: Okay. And I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm not on either side. I'm not on either side. I'm just saying that the only thing, you know, I, I would be on Giuliani's side if it weren't for the Morat movie. But now this brings up an interesting point here, though, too. And I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. Is there any way to tell if a, uh, you know, if uh, that artificial intelligence – whether the deep fakes, because she says she has recordings. But you know what? Anymore with a, a simple program on your computer, you could take Rudy's voice and, you know, have him say anything. You could you could put together this whole production and say, oh, yeah, I recorded this on my cell phone. And I don't know how. There's got to be a way to prove whether that was recorded in real time or whether it was a, a deep fake, right?
1: Well, I've talked to lawyers about this, and— as of now, apparently you can tell what's fake and what's real. But in the near future, it's going to be harder and harder. And they're worried that some point in the relatively near future, these fakes are going to be so good, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between a forgery and a real one. So I don't know.
0: I'm actually having my will amended so that my heirs. Errors- have complete and total rights to my name, my likeness, my voice, only because, look, not that I'm that big of a deal or anything, it's not like some big ego thing, but, uh, you know, so that when I do die, which I hope is not for quite a while yet, uh, when I do die, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about some idiot that I ticked off back in, you know, 10 years ago with uh, a laptop computer out there making me say things that I would never, ever, ever would say. There's... I've had people do that with me already online, where they'll have these bogus Tom Becker Facebook pages or Twitter accounts and putting out stuff that I would never, ever, ever say, right, to try to embarrass me. Uh, and, and now with the deepfake thing, that's an entirely different thing, right? That's a, that's a whole new ballgame. I, I think-
1: it's interesting because you said so many stupid things that I find it hard that somebody could make up something stupid. You would say dumber than the things you've actually said.
0: I think probably the thing, dumbest thing I've ever said was yes when you said you want to do a podcast together. That may have been the dumbest thing I've ever said.
1: Where am I? Where am I in the will? What am I getting?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, you're getting.
1: Yeah. You're going to give me the rights to your name, image, and likeness. Thanks a
0: lot. Oh God, no! Oh God, no! <laughs> no, I, you're you're one of the people I don't trust. <laughs> You know I you, you would use my you would use my image, my voice and you'd tell the truth and I don't <laughs> I don't need <mean> that <laughs> out there either. <laughs> we
1: have we have both said that the day we we die all, all stories are on the table.
0: Yeah, I know I know God there's so. nothing
1: really terrible.
0: but okay, but I mean, going back to this Robert, did you see where Tom Hanks says that you know he'll that he will be still he will still be starring in movies after he's dead? I mean, well, give, 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 give
1: somebody else a chance, Tom. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, they, have, they have an artificial Academy Award. Um. Uh, uh, so, can
1: let's let's talk presidential politics. I think it's starting to heat up now, with um, DeSantis announcing he's basically getting in, and Mike Pence apparently getting in. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because I think Mike Pence is. Strategy and Ron DeSantis's strategy, as well as other Republicans, uh, Bill Barr, Christie, right? The, the anti Trumpers are sort of settling in on Donald Trump can't win, right? The, the, uh, the Karl Rove's of the world. They're, they're sort of settling in on this. We agree with everything Donald, say, Donald Trump's saying, but he can't win. So let's find somebody who doesn't have his baggage but has his same opinions right his same philosophy and let's pick them to which i think is a bad strategy because well it it it's got to be coupled with something else because the people who are trump supporters don't care if he wins they don't they don't care it isn't about winning for them they want to be pure they want to be purists it's a jihad and so if Donald Trump loses, they don't care. I mean, they, they want him to win, but they're, they're, they're more important is being true to the cause than winning. And so by DeSantis and, and Pence saying he can't win, I don't think that's a winning argument for those guys.
0: Um, well, you know what? I, I don't think it dissuades any of the Trump supporters, but they're right. They are right. Look, Donald Trump has lost the House, the Senate, the White House. Uh they did not do as well in the off-year election due to Donald Trump. They lost the, the Senate race in Georgia due to Donald Trump. Three I mean, times. Yeah. So so you, you look at this, and so they're right. But that's the other thing though, too, okay. Can they win with these other guys? Because if let's say it's Pence, let's say it's DeSantis, do the Trump supporters just sit on their hands and stay home? And and can they can they win? Without, the, I mean, that's what the, the is so interesting here. How he refuses to go after Donald Trump, refuses to compare and contrast. Really, you know, um, mention by name because you know he needs to not tick off those Trump supporters so much.
1: Well, in in one sense, if you're a Democrat and you're rooting for Democrats, you want Donald Trump front and center because he's your best argument for Joe Biden. But if you take Donald Trump out of the equation, right? Brian Kemp, the governor of Alabama, or the governor of Georgia, Georgia. won in in an insane an insane blowout, right? A, a Republican not attached to Donald Trump wins in a blowout, and the Sununu or uh, the the attorney, the Secretary of State of of Georgia, right? These Republicans, this 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 Larry Hogan of Baltimore right they are they are beloved but once you get donald trump in there it it all bets are off so they would rather be pure with donald trump than win with somebody else
0: oh it is the most amazing thing i've ever seen as far as american politics go i never would have believed it this is the sort of thing you see in other countries right i mean you know this is this is what's happening there in turkey where they're going, they're going, they're going. You know, I mean, it's like they're, they're so enamored with their leader, as opposed to being so enamored with democracy. And we'll, I want to expand on this a little bit, but it's time for our first commercial break on the mid five fifty KTRS. This is Becca Millhaven, just saying. Back in a moment. Unless you're listening to the podcast, we're back right away. But you know, depending if you're listening on on the radio. We were, um, you know, back after a what, like a two minute commercial break or whatever. Uh, a wanna, brief commercial recess. Uh, let, let the people know that uh, if you're listening on the radio, and you miss any of this, or you want to just hear it again, or tell your friends, uh, go wherever you get your podcast. You know, iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, go and um, spread the word. Beck and Millhaven just saying, like us, support us, and share us because uh, you know that's that's how this game is played, right? So going back going back to um, presidential politics here, I'm not 100% sure. You know, I mean, we, we, we're talking like it's a done deal. It's going to be Trump and Biden. I'm still not 100% sure I believe that. I, I, I don't, you know, and I, I mean, I, I know, and like Trump, okay, Trump said he was, Trump was supposed to be in Iowa last weekend, and he canceled because of a tornado watch. Seriously? Uh, DeSantis made it in. <laughs> you know, DeSantis made it in. I mean, is, is this plane? Well, not... maybe
1: his big Trump force one couldn't land in the cornfield.
0: I, I don't know. Or maybe there just wasn't going to be that big of a crowd. I mean, I don't and know. It, I mean, I don't right know left. how enthusiastic, you know, the Trump people are compared to how they were, you know, four or six years ago.
1: I'll say this. I think Trump is a bigger lock than Biden. Because Biden is one curb away from having a gash on his face like Mitch McConnell and not showing up for three months. He's he's one curb away from that. And when that happens, that plays into every stereotype the Republicans are throwing at him, and he's not going to be able to answer the bell, and he's going to crash and burn. And the Democrats better have somebody as backup.
0: Why is, Biden, why is Biden the old guy, and Trump, who's like, what, three or four years younger than Biden, not considered to be the old guy? I mean, we got, because, we got because, two because old Biden, white guys running.
1: Because Biden looks like he's 142 years old, and Donald Trump doesn't. <laughs> B- Biden's got plugs in his hair. It, it's, I know he's riding a bike, but he's still, you know, he, he's got a stuttering problem. I have a stuttering problem, I know, but it's just, it's the image. It's the package. Donald Trump still looks you know very virile and very you know young at heart and a whole lot of energy and Joe Biden, God love the man, just looks really old. that's just you know some people who are eighty look young, some people who you know are seventy look old,
0: yeah. No, you're right, you know, and, and of course the stuttering problem uh, makes him seem a little bit older too, like he's trying yeah. to...
1: And he, yeah, know. and he, he doesn't, he's not a very great, you know, he's not like oh, Biden, uh, Biden, where he's a great uh, speaker, you know, even even without the stuttering problem. So I, I look, I I still, the, the, the Democrats, and I think if you talk to them truthfully and they were honest with you, they would say they're petrified of him falling on a step. Or falling over a chair or something, and you know Mitch Mitch McConnell's the of the, of the same age. He missed what three months of the Senate or something yeah. ridiculous. So yeah. I mean, I, I you know, and again, here's the other thing: if you get a Chris Sununu in there, Chris Sinunu wipes the floor with Biden, right? If you get a Chris Christie in there, Christie wipes the floor with with Biden. If you get a Gavin Newsom or some of these other Democrats in there, they're going to wipe the floor with Trump. So If you really want to beat Biden, don't hedge your bets. Get a Chris Sununu in there.
0: Well, what we need to do, in all honesty, is need to change the whole nomination process because that's the the issue here. The issue here is how do you get nominated? It's not, I mean, look, I mean, uh, what's his face? Um, DeSantis isn't playing the long game here. He's playing the, get me the nomination. I'll worry about the long game later. You know, I mean, and you take a look at, by the well, by, the way, speaking about Florida, did you see where Billy Joel is selling his house on Long Island and moving down to Florida?
1: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's selling his house in Oyster Bay.
0: Uh huh. Why yeah. is that? Huh? Why? Um, I don't know. Warmer climate. I don't know. Better taxes. Mm. I don't know. Wow. Uh, yeah.
1: Is he? Is he still going to? Uh, do the Madison Square Garden once a month. You know what?
0: He and I haven't talked. I'm not so not so sure. So I'll. I'll uh, well, next I'll time find I talk where,
1: to him, I gotta find out I'll find where. I'll be back to him, yeah. Where in Florida is he moving?
0: I don't know. I don't. I'm not his realtor. I don't know.
1: Oh well, it seemed like you, apparently you did know. You said, "Did you see?" And I thought you would talk to him.
0: Well, yeah, don't I don't you? know. I don't know specifically where he's moving. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I don't think that's been released yet. I don't think that information has been released yet. I think it's just like, hey, uh, he probably already has a place in Florida. So I don't know where, wherever that is, but anyway. He's
1: moving to the villages.
0: But (laughs) he's that age now. (laughs) Um, I got a friend that lives in the villages and that's another story for another day. Hey, look, there's Billy Joel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On a golf cart. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that really does suck. Uh, Did you see... When you, speaking
1: of that, now that you're retired, what are you moving
0: to the villages? I'm not, I'm not retired yet. I'm not retired. I'm just, I'm just between gigs, as they say in the business. Mm. Um, uh, did you see where uh, Martha Stewart made the cover of Sports Illustrated
1: swimsuit issue? Did you see where she got criticism from people for being on the swimsuit
0: issue? First of all, first of all, no matter what anybody does anymore, you're going to get criticism.
1: Okay. She, she got criticized for talking about how she started to eat healthy and how she laid off carbs for a couple of weeks and she tried to get in a little better shape. People were upset that she was somehow body shaming other 80-year-olds.
0: Yeah, well, look, okay, so you, you want to talk, talk about this? Okay, let's talk, let's talk about just this weird world that we live in. Okay, so was it the uh, Oakland A's, was it the Oakland A's uh, announcer that uh, dropped the N-word? While he was yeah. talking, about, talking about Kansas City, he was in Kansas City. He went to the Negro League's uh, baseball museum there, which, by the way, if you're ever in Kansas City, check it out. It's a beautiful museum. It's, it's a great fantastic. museum. Fantastic. But anyway, so, so he's at the, and, and and he's talking about how wonderful the Negro League Museum is, but instead of saying Negro, he used the N word, right? So Bob Kendricks, who's the, by the way, Bob Kendricks, one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Bob Kendrick, who's the the uh, basically the general manager, president, whatever of the Negro Leagues Museum, goes and says, "Look, he was here. He was excited about what he was seeing. He was interested in what he was seeing. I don't know what he, what was in his heart, but uh, but oh, but I forgive him, and you know, let's move on. Well, of course, you can never just move on from something like that, right? No, you're not allowed to. So so now so now who's getting grief, Bob Kendrick for basically? Uh, forgiving the guy for using the N-word. And he's getting grief because they're calling it the Negro Leagues Museum. Why is it not called the African-American Leagues Museum? <laughs> because it was never called the African-American Leagues Museum. It was never called that. It was called the Negro Leagues Museum. That's, what, that's where Buck O'Neill, Satchel Page, Bob Gibson, down the line, these great African-American baseball players were Negro baseball players back in the day. Playing in the Negro Baseball League, and that's... actually uh, it
1: was Josh Gibson, not Bob Gibson, but yeah.
0: Bob Gibson also played in the uh, in the Negro uh, League. I don't think so. I think he did. I think. he No, did. no, no, no. I know. I know this for a fact. Yeah, for like one year or something like that. He played. Yeah. Uh, well, he played with the Harlem Globetrotters
1: when he was in yeah. Creighton. He yeah. left Creighton. I mean, he might have played like in like summer ball or something, but we can look it up. But he went to Creighton, left Creighton, became a Harlem Globetrotter for a year. And then was drafted by the Cardinals, but I, but we digress. The bigger point is, the, the the word "Negro" is so offensive. They want to change the name of the Negro League Hall of Fame. Yeah, who decides that?
0: Whoever these people
1: are, that uh, uh, I mean, do they do these people have nothing else to worry about?
0: Well, they have. They have that. They've got the. Uh, They've got their computers, they've got their keyboards, they have got their Twitter accounts, and so that's what they do. Yeah. Uh,
1: I haven't met that man, but when we went to go visit the Negro League Hall of Fame, I, we, I would have liked to have met him because he would have given us like a back backstage tour or something.
0: Uh, you know what? Um, I knew, I knew Buck O'Neill. Now, not to the point like we're my best friends or anything, but to the point where we could have a nice conversation. He knew who I was. I knew who he is, obviously. Uh, Buck O'Neill, the uh, guy that basically founded the Negro Leagues Museum. And Buck O'Neill was 94 years old. 94 years old, right? And I wanted to ask him, I said, uh, about what pitching was like back when he was playing versus today. So I started the conversation by saying, hey, Buck, back in your day, at 94, he looked at me and says, son, I'm still in my day. I mean, that's all you need to know about getting older. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, we have this, whatever this age thing is, you know, and now, you know, people are like body shaming Martha Stewart for 81 being in Sports Illustrated. Um, But, uh, you know, that's all all you got to do about, you know, getting older. It's like, yeah, as long as you're active, as long as you're, you know, uh, keeping busy, as long as you're still swinging for the fences, swing for the fences.
1: So you age shamed Buck O'Neill and that's your story.
0: I did not age shame, but
1: you said back in your day. So you age shamed him. Uh, um, Really offensive. That's really interesting. Uh, I will say that I've been to museums all around the world. I've been to the Louvre. I've been to the Guggenheim. uh, And I will tell you that the Negro League Hall of Fame museum is better than all of them put together. It is Wonderful.
0: Well, there's a real history there that you, I, I wouldn't necessarily compare the compare them since they're so totally different. But I will say that Negro League Museum in Kansas City is something that any baseball fan anywhere near has got to go and check it out. Um, I've been to
1: the Louvre, and the Louvre is pedestrian compared to the Negro League uh, Museum, and so that and, and that and that poor announcer. I mean, he hasn't. He's not back yet, is he?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen. I mean, uh, that's
1: that's criminal.
0: Now uh, it's criminal. The uh, uh, well, that's it though. I mean, look, and and again, you don't know what's in somebody's heart. I mean, sometimes you can just have a slip of the tongue, you know. Uh, I mean, um, and and that doesn't mean that he feels that way. That doesn't mean that you know, and just and 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 the nice thing about this is Bob Kendricks. Well, did did great, they did just, they think
1: the guy was doing it to sort of slip it in? Did they think he did it purposely? I mean, come on. Really? Do you think the guy, after, after 19 years, the guy's going to slip this in to what? To be cute? To to cause controversy? I mean, it's just absurd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and, 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 and then, and then to go after Bob Kenrich for going and accepting the man's apology, for forgiving the man. And now they're going after Bob Kenrich because he's doing the decent thing and saying, look, you know, I don't know what's in his heart. You know, let's move, let's move on. Okay. He's apologized. Let's move on. Which is how it's supposed to work. Is well, it what not... what
1: What is this man supposed to do now? What is he allowed to do now? What What is an acceptable job for this man? Is he allowed to be a cashier at a convenience store? Is he allowed to be a greeter at Walmart? What is this man allowed to do now that he is so destroyed and so ruined civilization by the slip-up?
0: Uh, does the Klan have a baseball team?
1: I mean, it's so it's so ridiculous. There's a, there's a guy here in St. Louis that happened to I didn't know him very well. He was on the TV. He had a similar deal slip of the tongue. They wanted and demanded his job. They got his job. He finally had to resign and never to be heard from again. And I remember having somebody on who was leading the charge to get him off the television. And I I remember asking if he were, I said, what would happen if uh, say KTS were to hire him? And he was like, "Oh, they—he better not. You better not." And I was like, well, "What happens if a radio station in Kansas City hires him, or a TV station in Kansas City hires him? Can, can, can he work in Kansas City? No." I was like, "Well, how far can he? What, what is what is acceptable for this man to do?" And they couldn't answer the question. They just wanted his pelt. They just wanted his hide. They wanted another notch on their belt. It just—it doesn't make sense. Then the other, then the next time somebody says something stupid on the other side, right? They want um, you know Roseanne Barr to give everything up. Then it's it, it's a never-ending tit for tat one-upsmanship, and it's it's ridiculous.
0: Now I I do understand if you know if whether it be the uh, you know the, the the network or the team or whatever, say you know we're not we don't want this person on our you know they working for us anymore. I understand that, I understand that, but um, uh, what I don't get are the people that say that some other company can't pick them up. You know, right.
1: um, yeah, never to be heard from again. They're, yeah. they're never allowed to work again. They should just never work again. shrivel up and die because they had a slip of the tongue, or a tick, or a, their tongue got in the wrong way, or the wrong sound came out of the wrong, you know, side of their
0: teeth. Oh no! I, I, I. I oh jeez! I. Oh, dear, oh no! Do I say anything, or do I just move on?
1: Oh boy! <sighs> Are you gonna say? It it pains you to say it, but I'm right again.
0: I would never say that you're right. You were, <laughs> right the, you were never right. You were never right. You're never right the first time. How can you be right again? But but Bob Gibson did not evidently Bob Gibson did not play in the Negro Leagues. I could have sw- Oh, is that right? I could have sworn he did.
1: Oh, is that right? What was that? I didn't hear it. Are you cut out there for a second? What was that?
0: Yeah, I just said it again. There, did I cut out? Did I cut out again that time?
1: I think I think you need to put that in your will. Is what I think you need to do. Bob Gibson never played for the Negro League.
0: I, to, I, I thought he played for like one of these, like um, you know, secondary teams. You know, one of the ones that maybe like just did barnstorming and uh, you know and did kind of like a um, uh, kind of like a Harlem Globetrotters of baseball sort of a thing. I thought he played for one of them, but I, I may be wrong.
1: No, you clearly you're wrong.
0: And this is, this
1: is really annoying me. You're now the third person this week that has said to me something along the lines of, this is going to kill me. You know what? I agree with you. Or this is, I don't want to tell you this because you already have your egos the size of the arch, but you know, it was, that was a really nice show. And somebody comes into the studio and says, you know, I hate to say this to you, but you were spot on. Am I that much of a jerk? Am am I that, am, am I that insufferable that when I make a good point, people refuse to give me credit for it, or is it that I'm Mara. right so many times that that people are tired of me being right all the time?
0: McGraw, it pains me to say this, but when you say you're insufferable, you're right.
1: <laughs> I mean. I must be brilliant, and that just must upset so many people.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what it is. You must be brilliant. Matter of fact, that's sort of the same mindset Donald Trump has, isn't it? Isn't I mean, he... are,
1: aren't you tired of listening to me be right all these years?
0: <laughs> you could have to just stop the uh, sentence uh, right after listening.
1: <laughs> or listening to me, yeah, so anyway. All right, do we have to break?
0: Uh, yeah, we do have to break one more, one more quick break here on KTRS. But if you're listening to the podcast, though, just you know, don't, don't go anywhere. We're right back. This is Beckett Milhaven just saying on the big 550 and a podcast near you, KTRS. Back in the flash, just like I predicted. This is uh, Beckett Milhaven just saying, uh, I'm Tom Becker and he's McGraw Milhaven. And, um, we well, have yeah, t- a lot about baseball, do, do it. Do we care more about baseball than the average American? I wonder if, you know, because you and I are both big baseball fans. Um, Do we care more about this than the average American?
1: Well, if you don't care about baseball, I would say you're a communist. So, no, I would say the average American, (laughs) we might. Uh, The average American understands how important baseball is to America.
0: It's not 1956 anymore.
1: It's worse. It's 2023.
0: I know, but that's just it. It's like in 56, you're right. And in 56 or whatever, it was, this was America's pastime. But now, you know, it's not. Uh, not the way that it used to be.
1: Mm, you know, you say that, and, um, you know, I know people look to football, but uh, it, you look at all the people who go to not just professional major league games, but college games and minor league games and Little League games, and T-ball games. I mean, that is an insane amount of people in one year who will watch some type of baseball game. So when it's all said and done, summertime and baseball just goes hand in hand, and it's, it's part of the fabric of our lives, and it isn't once a week, it's every day. It's a story every day. And so that's what makes baseball part of the American landscape.
0: I do still check the box scores every morning. I do I, I do check I do check them and I got and I got some friends, you know, a real good friend she's a Cubs a Cubs fan and you know, we both give each other grief and uh yeah. Um, well, I'll,
1: t- I'll tell you what, one of the things I miss about newspapers is uh checking out the box scores in the newspaper. How much fun was it to say, "Oh, what did, what did Ryan Sandberg do last night? What did what did Mar- Mark McGuire do last night? What did this guy do? What, what, who, who who pitched for this this one? Right? I mean, it's it's kind of harder to do on your. You time. are
0: an old guy with a faulty memory. Because you know what? The newspapers suck for the box stores if your team was playing on the West Coast because you wouldn't get the scores. You wouldn't get the box stores. OK, and so like, so here, here, so one, here's one week was. out
1: of the year, one week out of the year, you, you had to wait an extra 24 hours for the box stores.
0: Here's what was happening in the fifth inning. That's what you got in the paper then, you know, back then,
1: uh, you know, and, and I do. I do have a bone to pick with the current box stores. Because I was thinking about this last night. Well, you know,
0: you have a bone to pick with an inanimate object. This ought to be good.
1: Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I have a bone to pick with the box score, mm-hmm. and or whoever whoever is in charge of the box score because they are, um, they are uh, you know regulated. They are standardized, if you will, and so you know where the time is. You, you know where the attendance is. Right. We know that the certain you know home runs are in a certain in place, whatever. But you know what they don't accurately cover in the box score the next morning? No. They don't tell you which cap won the cap dance each night.
0: Well, because sometimes it's the ketchup and relish uh, race. It's not always the cap dance. It's not always the cap. It's not always which, which baseball is hiding under the cap.
1: Well, I was at Bush Stadium last night and I successfully guessed it was number two. But I'd like, to keep, I'd like to know what it was the night before. I'd like to know what is there a pattern? Because I'd like to know these. I'd like to go back 20 years from now and know that on the very first game I ever took Emerson to, the number one cap dance, you know, the number one cap dance, cap
0: one. How pathetic must your life be that you're concerned about what number cap? The baseball was hidden under.
1: What do I really need to know? What the temperature is? What time the game starts? Or the attendance? Or yes, how long the, te- the game was? Because the
0: temperature, the temperature will have an effect on 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 the pitching, on the hitting. The temperature does have an uh, have an effect. The weather conditions have an effect on the game. So yes, you do need to know that. You don't need to know that. You do need to know it more than you need to know what baseball cap won the the sixth inning. Uh, <laughs> so I got to...
1: I got a great story. I have a great story for it's about, you.
0: Sure. save the great story for the end of the podcast. That uh, that, yeah, that, bring that the lead
1: that, that piggybacks on what we should know and what we shouldn't know. Okay. And re- recently I got a text from you. And I, we, got, we got a couple minutes here. I got a text from you recently um, that said, hey, did you see the New Yorker article that my cousin Jr. wrote about writing the ghost writing uh, for Prince Harry, uh, the, the, the spare book? Right. Yeah. And, and, and you said, hey, on the off chance, did you see this? And I said, there was a bit of a controversy. So he, he, here's the controversy. So the fact checker from the New Yorker calls me out of the blue and says, hi, my name is whatever his name was. And your cousin J.R. gave me your number and I'm the fact checker for this New Yorker article. Do you have a few minutes? I said, absolutely. So he asked me a question and I'm like, "Yep, nope, yeah, that's right." And He asked me another question. Oh, no, is is that right? Yeah, that's that's right. And he says he says in 19 oh, he says, "Did you uh, he he says, I'll read this this uh sentence for you." It says, "My cousin and I went into the town of Great Neck to go see all the president's men." That's the line in this article. Uh-huh. So I paused for a second and I said, I I, I hope this thread isn't an important part of the article, but we didn't see all the president's men in Great Neck. We saw all the president's men in Scottsdale. So this sets off a chain reaction. Three days later, we're still arguing over where we saw all the president's men. So much so that I went back and got the movie section from the Arizona Republic in 1976 in June to figure out what was the name of the movie theater and what was the times to, to line up with my memory. And this fact checker from the New Yorker went back and got the times from the Great Neck Squire in 1976 to figure out what time all the president's men was. Showed, on that day in 1976.
0: And J.R.'s story won.
1: There's a bit of a controversy.
0: No, the only <laughs> controversy because you were wrong and uh, the J.R.'s uh, was right.
1: Well, well, actually, the bottom line was they called Prince Harry and Prince Harry's signed off on it all. They called Phil Knight, signed off on all of it. They called McGraw and I had a problem with it.
0: <laughs> it is a very interesting article. People that don't know your cousin J.R. Moringer, the author of the uh, New York Times bestseller *A Tender Bar*, um, uh, also is a ghostwriter. He's written for Andre Agassi. He wrote the book uh, *Spare*, uh, the Prince uh, was Harry Andrew. Prince Harry book, yeah. Prince Harry, yeah. Uh, uh, he wrote the book *Spare* about Prince Harry, uh, and he also wrote one or two other books that never saw the light of day because after he wrote the book, the people that he wrote the book about didn't like all those facts out there actually in print.
1: Like, yeah, and and he writes about it in the New Yorker article yeah. about, yeah, about being a ghostwriter and realizing it's not his story.
0: <laughs> I, I remember being in the car with you and him right about the time that, uh, right about the time that the newspapers were all going to hell and he was working with the Los Angeles times at the time. And it was just, you know, we were wondering, we were wondering where radio was going in the new digital age. He was wondering where uh, newspapers were going in the new digital age, and um, it was, uh, it was <laughs> neither of us were all that optimistic on that yeah. uh, on that Saturday and, afternoon. And,
1: and you and I are on a podcast, and he's writing books for uh, Prince Harry. So yeah, it
0: all worked out for us. No, it all worked out for us. But yeah, but it was. Uh,
1: it, oh, yeah, I'll I'll leave you with this. Speaking oh. of the, the the digital age. You know, newspapers are still, still going some stronger than others, but they're still the voice of, you know, local communities, mm-hmm. TV news, still going radio stations, KTRS going strong, still, still figuring a way out. Vice was the media darling of the world. Couldn't figure out the digital age and went and uh, declared bankruptcy and got all this wall street and hedge fund money. Couldn't figure it out. But the traditional Newspapers, radio, television—they're still kicking it. So,
0: no, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, although I will say this, and this is where a real danger lies. Okay, uh, being somewhat personal, I was working for a, a TV station here in Omaha, and they decided to get rid of all the local news and just run a national newscast instead. Don Bacon, one of our our, our congressmen here in town, held a video press conference last week. I was online, a reporter from another TV station was online, and a guy from Reuters out of uh, D.C. was at this press conference. No other local reporter was there. No newspaper, none of the other TV stations were there, none of, uh, none of the, the websites. And what is happening everywhere, not just here at Omaha, what's happening everywhere is local news is getting – Shut out. Local news is getting shut down. And what happens also is you've got some really good young reporters all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed getting in there, do the job for, you know, six, seven years. They get to be 26, 27, 28 and say, wait a minute. I can get a better job, make more money, have better hours, not deal with all this grief, and uh, they get out of the business. And what ends up happening then is, uh, you know, local media is losing all of that institutional knowledge. And I think that's very dangerous for uh, for democracy. And I'll get off my soapbox now. But please, no matter where you live, no matter where you do, support the local media, whether it be TV, radio, newspaper. Support local media, uh, you know, that, that is actually giving you local news. Here in Omaha, no no news, no radio station has a reporter out on the street. I mean, that was unheard of. But when you worked here in Omaha, was that twenty some years ago? You know, there were there were like three stations that had reporters out of the street, all fighting for the news stories. Now there's yeah. not one. I mean, it, it's a, it's a dangerous situation, and I will get off my soapbox here, but um, you know, please support local media uh, wherever no, it's,
1: you- it's 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 it's. We're in a dangerous time. Uh, there's no question about it. But Vice, the, all the money was poured into Vice, and that money was you know burned and never to be used again only to go after national stories. And why doesn't somebody support local? Well, you know, We could have done a lot more with that money, and the c- communities would have been better off for it, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, we have come to another end of a successful broadcast.
0: Well, I don't know how successful it was, but it was fun. I had fun. You have fun? Hey,
1: no matter how bad the show is, it ends at some point.
0: And, and you know what? And we get paid the same either way. So That is true. On that note, uh, I'm Tom Becker.
1: I'm McGraw-Millhaven. Take care and... Bye-bye.
0: What was that pause for?
1: That was like Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Good day.
0: A Media Production.